People always talk about how important cardio is in MMA, and they're not wrong, are they? If you get tired before the other guy, then you're probably going to lose the fight. If you don't stand up, you're disqualified. I mean, you can't do much when you're fatigued, except try to survive or hope you've already done enough to win or you'll be left crawling your way to your Lamborghini. What is this MMA? Fans already know the guys with insane cardio, but what about the fighters who have a notoriously bad gas tank, eh? Don't they deserve a shout-out? Fellas, have you ever wished you were a little bit taller? Well, Kanzori Shoes have got you covered. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Shoes can elevate you 2.8 inches without anyone knowing. Height can be a touchy subject and sometimes a good old-fashioned confidence boost is what's needed. Sound interested? Well, for a limited time only, our viewers get 15% off if you use the code MMAOP at Konzuri.com. The site's already 30% off, so if you do use our code, you get an extra 15. That's 45% off your entire order. Support our show and check them out at konzuri.com and use the code MMAOP. Not only do Konzuri shoes make you 2.8 inches taller, but they're incredibly well-made, stylish, and comfortable. They're not old man Velcros. They have styles for every occasion as well. The height insoles are actually built into the shoe, so no one can tell you're getting a secret height boost. Life's short, but you don't have to be. So on top of the 30% off at the site, you get an extra 15% with our code at konzuri.com. That's code MMAOP for 45% off your order. MMAOP at Konzuri.com. C-O-N-Z-U-R-I.com. I'm Balian from MMA On Point. Feast your eyes on our channel hall of famers who help make this video possible. And these are the 10 most abysmal gas tanks in MMA. And okay, guys, we're not talking about the people you would barely call MMA fighters, like the massive dudes that fought in pride a few times. We're talking about actual mixed martial artists. And a separate disclaimer, a classic example is someone like Shane Carwin when he gassed himself out trying to finish Brock Lesnar. But that was just one fight. And anyone who throws full pelt for four minutes is going to get tired. Number 10, Travis Luter. Right, old school one here. We're going back to the old hook and shoot days where Travis Luter was the light heavyweight champion after just two fights. The man ditched a career in criminal justice to learn BJJ, and I mean, it was paying off because he just started subbing everyone. And look, it didn't take much to get into the UFC back then, but that didn't mean the competition wasn't still high. I'm punching him in the face. I'm punching him in the face. And after he KO'd Marvin Eastman, he got completely outworked by everyone else because he just didn't have the cardio or the training program to keep up with him. But he kept getting first round finishes outside of the UFC, so he got a chance to come back on the Ultimate Fighter and won the whole season, which meant he got to challenge the champion. But then he completely blew his title shot against Anderson Silva, where, yeah, he missed weight, but completely gassed. And then he got even more tired and ended up getting triangled by the spider. And then he got even more tired in his next fight against Rich Franklin and basically just collapsed. He could stop guys on the regional level, but against UFC competition, when he couldn't finish them, he was just knackered, basically. Number nine, Conor McGregor. Okay, so when you look through the entire list of UFC champions, only one in the entire modern era stands out to me as having a bad gas tank. And that person is CM Punk 
Conor McGregor. Considering you have to fight five rounds as part of being a champion, you know, it's a pretty important part of your skill set. And often it's the ability to manage the gas tank that has gotten a lot of people to championship level in the first place. Now, yes, McMahon went five rounds with Nate Diaz, but do you remember what he looked like halfway through that fight? He did manage to catch a second win, but despite everything he's achieved, the fact that he's won two world titles and he's done it by being an absolute finishing machine is as equally impressive as it is surprising. In the first eight minutes of a fight, the Notorious is absolutely lethal, but past that point, he seems to lose so much of what makes him a killer. This guy got eight minutes of fighting him, that's it. He quits after eight minutes, every fight. He's, a, he's, a, he's not a championship fighter, he's never been, and he's never, ever fought anyone UFC like me, ever. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's pretty ironic, actually, that Connor would finish Eddie at 7 minutes 59 seconds, but he's kind of right. Submissions aside, he gassed against Mayweather, and a lot of his other losses have come around that point in the fight, where it seemed he popped his nuts too early. Oh, you're a wrestler. <laughs> Number eight, Melvin Manhoof. There's a bunch of different ways to approach a fight in MMA, but everyone loves the idea of an insane KO artist with the nickname No Mercy, who has no brakes and is constantly looking for the finish. Oh, I have one speed, I have one gear. Go. How so, do you survive that? Because I'm because I'm me. Because that's the way Melvin Manuf has always fought, pretty much. Try to annihilate the other person as soon as the fight starts, and he's had 36 of them finish in the first round. That's a ridiculous number. There's the fight. The gun is out. He's out. He's out. But when you fight like that, there's pretty much only one outcome. You're going to get tired, and that's what's happened to Melvin on multiple occasions. I mean, the best way to beat Melvin was to just let him tire himself out and expend a bunch of energy and then just beat him up or take him down after that. stop this because it's not about whether or not you say you're okay it's intelligently defending yourself number seven mariusz pujanowski i feel like for most people when they think who would be the best at mma they pretty much look at guys like mariusz someone who's been the world's strongest man a bunch of times and it's like oh yeah it's obvious the dude who could lift an entire car pretty intelligent spectators i'd say but as we know there's a lot more to mma than being strong as fuck i'm strong as fuck Although I do actually have to give a round of applause to Putz, not just because we have the same birthday, but because he's achieved a lot considering being a strong man was his actual career before MMA. But very quickly, we found out that cardio was for sure for him going to be an issue. He fought Tim Sylvia in his third fight and the maniac absolutely slaughtered him. Sylvia, show me first time what is this MMA? But that wasn't always a problem, though. I missed the part where that's my problem. Because he knocked out a bunch of guys in the first round. <laughs> but when he got tired, especially if he was already on his back, he had just no way of defending himself. But Putinesky in trouble. 
Pujanowski not offering intelligent defense, and that is it. That's he has actually managed to win some decisions, but he's usually so tired by the final rounds, and he's so hard to knock out that he's been able to just grab onto guys and hold them until the final bell goes. Either way, he makes it entertaining and is still one of the biggest stars in the KSW promotion. Number six, Phil Baroni. To be fair, back in the early years of MMA, you didn't always need a strategy. For some dudes, a strategy was get in there, knock the other guy out before he did the same thing to you. That's basically all Phil Baroni ever tried to do. He was one giant walking muscle who, given any opportunity in a fight, would try and throw as many punches at you as possible as quickly as possible. Now, his whole career was pretty much hit and miss. He had some great knockouts, but he also had several fights where he just went way overboard with his output and just couldn't keep up the pace for the whole fight. exerting a lot of energy here few moments later. As you said, mocking Phil Barone. Jerry Lerner, Field Open, Frank Shamrock. And this could be it. Paul is trying to finish the deal. Coming down hard. And that's it. I think it was also partly because he never really adapted to modern MMA as the sport moved on, and I don't think the idea of prioritizing cardio ever came across his mind until he was well into his career. Might also have been all the steroids he was doing and all that muscle. Who yeah, knows? Good fight, you know. I want to show the stars no one thinks I'm bullshitting. Oh, this is torn. <laughs> okay, this is the weirdest interview I've ever done. And on a slightly darker note, if you're a fan of Phil Baroni, it's probably best to not go and say hi to him. Number five, Mark Coleman. To be honest, he was kind of a unique character in MMA in that he had so many achievements, but also so many flaws as a fighter. And let's face it, one of his biggest ones was certainly cardio. I guess fights didn't even have time limits or rounds back when he started fighting, and because he was just breaking people with his size and strength, the idea of actually having to pace himself probably never really came across his mind. I mean, who thinks about pacing yourself in a street fight? And that's basically what MMA was back in the day. If there's a reason why he lost after those first six wins, it was definitely his gas tank. I mean, when he couldn't take Maurice Smith down, he was more tired than a guilt-ridden Christian Bale. And then after four straight losses, well, yeah, he had to change something. I mean, who'd have thought he'd end up winning a 15-minute decision? Okay, it was it was pretty boring, though, actually. Still, before he made all those changes, there's only really one word for his gas tank. Yeah, abysmal. Hey, that's the name of the show. Number four, Bob Sapp. Nah, mate, I don't think making a 330-pound man run around a ring for 10 minutes will make him tired. I think he can handle it. Look, I don't know whose idea it was to get Bob Sapp into fighting. Actually, I do know. It was Little Michael. It was K1 president Kazuyoshi Ishii. And yeah, he, he was right. It was pretty entertaining. Now, I know I said no free show entries, but Bob had an entire career of MMA and kickboxing, not just a couple of fights for laughs, a career of over 64 pro bouts. And actually, he got some wins over some pretty credentialed guys. But sometimes, when he fell down, he just couldn't get up again. And sure, some of his wins felt like he was just getting lucky, but for nine years straight, not a single one of his MMA fights made it out of the first round, either because he was flatlining people or getting put away himself, usually because he wasn't very good or just... Yeah, completely knackered. Actually, if you look at his entire MMA career, out of his 32 fights, only four of them went past the first round. 
Club довольно уверенно огружается, ушел в защиту. Granted, many of them he actually admitted that he did throw. I roughly tell them, look, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to go hard for two or three minutes, maybe a minute, and then, you know, when I go back, when I go down to whatever, come in there and stop it. $40,000. Yes, I fucking took it. And the last one is probably the most hilarious fight of all time. The only thing those two had enough energy for was a staring contest. Number three, Nick Serra. How many of you knew Matt Serra had a brother? Of course, my brother, Matt, the Terror Serra. You're some diehard fans right there. He actually started off his career pretty damn well. He also trained under Henzo Gracie, and he got four first-round finishes in his first four fights. One year after brother Matty made his UFC debut, Nicky arrived, and he had hoped to showcase more of the family jiu-jitsu, but after constant failed takedowns, he got completely gassed. Nick Serra is very tired here, and he's telegraphing those shoots. So he went back to regional shows and kept doing more of his mad monkey shit. But because of all the finishes he was getting early, he never really addressed his cardio issues, and soon enough he ran into more problems once again. His most high-profile fight was in Elite XC against Matt Mikowski, and exactly the same thing happened again. Hit behind Lee again, and Sarah just falling down. Falling, the referee's already warned him. Up. If you don't stand up, you're disqualified. You hear the referee. Stand up, you're disqualified. Sarah cannot get to his feet. This is over. How are you doing today, Nikki? A little tired. I mean, not many people will tie themselves out to the point where they literally can't even stand up. He'll take it, he'll take it till there's nothing left at all, you know? He was pretty much running on just hard and alone, you know? You got the heart, but also the lungs give out for whatever reason. It could just not, it could just be your night, not that your night with that, you know? Sometimes you win it, sometimes you lose, but uh, it's always gonna be a free show when I fight. <laughs> Number two, Kimbo Slice. As I said earlier, you don't really need to worry about a gas tank in a street fight, especially if you're a Kimbo Slice. He already had a massive skill advantage over most people anyway. You can't give him cardio as well. But when he did lose his YouTube Underground Fighter Championship, it was because he did gas the hell out against Sean Gannon. So maybe you do need cardio. But I'm sure if you had wrestling, clinching, and five-minute rounds, that won't happen again, right? Yeah, no, that's, that's completely wrong, unfortunately. Still, first two MMA fights, over in 60 seconds, easy, mate. But then in his next one, I mean, I have no idea how he stood up at the end of the second round against James Thompson. Right. We wanted to find out about Kimbo Slice's ground game. Right. James Thompson is summing up a yeah, lesson yeah, yeah. here. And that finish looked like it was in slow motion, but he still got it. probably should have been the first clear red flag that Kimbo just didn't have the gas to go more than five minutes. But all know the UFC wanted to see for themselves and they booked him against Houston Alexander, which should realistically have been over in the first 60 seconds. But it went all 15 minutes, with both guys basically about to fall over by the end of it. And I'm sure you all remember when Bellator made the ultimate grudge match, you know, Dada 5000 against Kimbo. But at the end of that one, both guys could barely walk, let alone throw any kind of meaningful punch and Kimbo basically won because Dada just couldn't stand up anymore. I mean, that guy should have his own entry, but I mean, look, how many fights did he take? Number one, Tank Abbott. 
Oh, to have been an MMA fan in 1995 and believed that Tank Abbott was one of the baddest men on the planet. This was a guy who arrived at the venue, hopped off his motorbike, went to the bar to pound three beers and then stepped into the cage. That might not be true, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Cardio? Ain't that what sissies do before they go to their jobs in the morning? Day fucking hard! The only cardio Tank needed was a quick jog around the gym before benching as much as possible. Tank never won a fight that went past three minutes. Okay, just one. But apparently he reinvented himself as a wrestler when the UFC went to Japan. Oh, you're a wrestler. <laughs> Against Taktarov, he was completely exhausted, okay? And he crucifixed on the mat for like three minutes. The Scott Ferenzo fight was possibly the two most out-of-shape men to ever fight in UFC history. And against Marie Smith and Pedro Hizzo, he couldn't even lift his hands anymore. You can basically chalk those losses down to exhaustion. And at that point, it was time to go and be a pro wrestler for a while, where you at least get to lie down for five minutes when you get tired. Well, this one turned out pretty good, and it's mainly thank you to that man, Luke Taylor, for editing it all together. Go and give him some love on his bloody Twitter. He deserves it, okay? And he's a funny guy. At call to me underscore. Badoosh. This video would have been nothing without the MMA on Point theme tune, obviously, at the start. So thank you, Ben Rosette, for that one. Check him out on Spotify. Thank you, as always, to those of you who've joined as channel champions. Appreciate you supporting the content and contributing your ideas. Hope you've been enjoying the exclusive stuff. If you can join them, hit the button below. I actually enjoyed researching this one. It was kind of funny. Like, I'm not trying to be rude obviously you know mma is pretty difficult but you know some of it made me laugh if it made you laugh go leave a comment down below what you think was the best one um go ahead and give me a like if you enjoyed the video you know we work hard on these um so i'm glad that you guys still enjoy watching them and if you want to see more and you're new hit subscribe and then you won't miss a video either will you now i've been balian and um yeah thanks guys i'll see you in the next one <laughs>